Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. A-U-N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life. At the moment ahead, Kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Thank you, everyone. We have a very, very extraordinary guest on our call tonight. If you were on last week's call, uh, thanks to Brett Gilliland and Ted Atkinson, they shared about uh, an hour of their time giving us a little bit of an advanced heads-up on our special guest tonight, Dr. Marmo. Actually, his full name is Dr. Julio Antonio Del Marmo, and he'll go over his name and his history in depth, starting from uh, the ground up uh, on what, what, from outward appearances, uh, appear to be fantastic, extraordinary, but this is a real, true story. And he has agreed to come on our call, not just once, but several times if need be, to share the story on a step-by-step basis. So if you know of any friends, uh, any individuals who would like to listen to the archive of this call or who can come on this call even tonight while you're listening, please call them, text them, 
please uh, have them come on the call and listen and get to know the story of this extraordinary man. Uh, I would like to thank Brett Gilliland again and Tad Atkinson for uh, the heads up on, on this special story. Uh, this is a story that all of us can take part in learning from, sharing, and for the benefit of mankind and, 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 and our future, uh, people need to know the truth about what really happens, has happened, and is happening behind the curtain, behind the veil, behind the shadows of our world. And uh, this is a gentleman, Dr. Marmol, who lived not just behind the veil, he was embedded inside and lived to survive and tell it to the outside world. So we are very gratified and humbled uh, to have uh, as our special guest tonight for the whole two hours, Dr. Julio Antonio Del Marmo. Julio, thank you, Doctor. Can I call you uh, Julio or Doctor uh, Doctor Marmo? Which you prefer, Antonio? I yeah, Anthony. I, 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 I was warned by Brett not to call you uh, Julio, but to call you Doctor Julio Antonio. And uh, in, 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 that's a more formal way. Absolutely, whatever you feel comfortable with. Actually, my friends call me uh, J. Anthony. Uh, some people call me Dr. Mamo. Uh, it don't make any difference. I always say the name is not what he dressed the men. The men dress the name. Okay. Everyone on our website right now is the introduction of, of Dr. Marmel, his past, all the links to the websites, cuban-lightning.com, spymasterspy.com, a link for his Amazon for the book. He has uh, two books out, one called uh, The Zipper, and the other called Cuba, Russian Roulette of the World. Uh, in 1958, I was born, and Fidel Castro and his revolutionaries uh, engineered a coup to take over Cuba. And Dr. Marmol, from what I understand, as a 12-year-old, uh, you were ushered into the spotlight, into the forefront of Castro, his inner circle, and we're put on an extraordinary path that, that, that connects the dots all the way to today. We said last week that, uh, and I, when I talked to you earlier today, Doctor, that we would try our best to establish a very firm foundation so that people can appreciate how this story began for you as a young man. And uh, you were almost like uh, an act from God placed in, in, the, in the middle of, of an extraordinary series of events involving communism, control, uh, corruption, all of the above, and you agreed to go down this path and actually turn the other cheek, so to speak, and, and became an embedded spy master for the forces of good and, uh, and, and, and escaped miraculously from Cuba uh, to, to then go on to do other projects uh, involving uh, all of these global forces that are fighting for freedom. So Take us back to the time when you were a child, as a 12-year-old, and, uh, and and what happened to start to initiate and begin this whole story? Actually, first of all, I wanted to say hello to your audience, and uh, thank you very much for the, your invitation to your program. I make a little research about yourself, and you are a, a great man, and you are actually a fighter. Uh, what we call it a freedom fighter. You you fight for whatever you believe, and you expose your opinion in, uh, in a loud voice with no fear. And that 
for me, it's a, it's a great honor for myself to be in your radio show because uh, uh, nothing in life is done by by yourself. You know, you you have the the team, the people around you, and God put you in the role to different individuals where they facilitate and make uh, reality uh, what you actually want to say and what you want to do. Uh, if we come back to in, in time, uh, I only 12 years old with the revolution win in Cuba. And my father is a very, very idealist and patriot. Uh, He's been risking his life in numbers of times, uh, tried to bring down the dictator we have in Cuba uh, to the point uh, to even be arrested and tortured a couple of times and and almost lose his life uh, if he is not for the intervention to one of my uncles, his brother, what is a very high... Uh, Politics, politics uh, involved in Cuba, and he got a great friends and, and, and power to uh, inter intervene for him, and that is really the miracle that my father don't die in that revolution. But actually, he is actually the one or one of the the group, the financiers, put all the financial for uh, made that revolution possible. Uh, your, 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 your father, your father was instrumental in helping to finance Castro's rise to power. Is that what you're saying? I, I, actually, my father is a Mason. Let's just clarify that. Okay. Uh, my mother is a Catholic. Okay. Uh, no, no matter what, with that great respect they have for their own ideas and the ideological belief, I never hear an argument in my house where I growing up. Because they both respect each other, okay. But my father is com my father is completely sold out with the idea to bring the dictator down and and help the rebels. Yeah. Uh, my mother my mother is completely against it. Uh, my mother wow. my mother told him uh, in several occasions in a very uh, clever and diplomatic way because my mother is not an aggressive person. It's a very lovely and and great woman. The best woman I ever met in my life is my mother. And my mother tried to convince my father several times to those people not going to bring anything good to Cuba. Anybody bring jealousy, everybody bring hate, everybody anybody bring discord in between people cannot be holy. And that is the argument my mother always uh used with my father, my father, most of the time, uh, just ended the conversation, you know, as soon as possible, and tried to get out of the subject, but he, he is completely uh, in behind the revolution. He is actually compromised, even his integrity, yeah. because he put all his friends, all his Mason's friends, uh, involved into the, finan the financing the revolution. Wow. And wow. the Mason is an extremely powerful organization. Most of them own uh, beer manufactories, uh, uh, shopping centers, uh, uh, sugar uh, meals. In other words, those are the people 
made the revolution. The money to those people, they are fed up with the injustice and the corruptions and, and all the the abuses the, the previous dictators been make, and they, in behalf of my father, because they believe in my father, they put all their wealth in order to support the revolution. So these are hardworking businessmen and, and women uh, and families throughout Cuba who had seen the embedded corruption in the Batista regime, uh, the militarization, the the uh, heavy-handedness, and, and the corruption of, of his dictatorship. And, Absolutely. Uh, and your father was able to convince them, I guess very persuasively, to network, to almost covertly uh, raise funds, because I guess if they were caught... Uh, uh, Batista would have would have uh, executed them. You know, whoever was caught doing this would. Have, I mean, your father, from what I understand, was hiding in the jungle, correct? At one time. No, right? no, my father, my father, got a, the most sophisticated uh, position in the revolution because he is actually the chief financier. Actually, he is actually the the he with Castro in the beginnings to before even Castro left Cuba and do any. Uh, act the violence or anything like that against the government, he meet with him in the university uh, through one of his friends, what is the, uh, the, the man supposed to be the next president of Cuba where they are running from the uh, orthodox uh, party. And yeah. uh, the corrupting uh, dictator is told the proof that men have Eduardo Chivas uh, he, got, he, he announced in the radio program, like yours right now, to the whole citizens in, in all the nation, they have proof to the corruption to the dictator. And before that day, before he, he got the appearance in, in the radio, yeah. they stole they the proof from his house. In other words, while he go to the radio station to, to bring the proof and to show to the public you know, we have the, the documents to prove the corruption in the in the government. Yeah. Uh, they, he, they 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 break in his house and he stole the proof. And then he 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 commits suicide. He killed himself because in those days people had such a high pride and high uh, morals. They feel completely devastated. They cannot oh, prove. Who was the one who committed suicide? The seed of leading. That is that is the that is the that is the man running in the in the in the elections with, uh, in, against to the dictator. Oh, who is who is Eduardo Chivas? Who is running against Batista? In the in the next election, the the dictator going to uh, make believe some kind of uh, fake uh, elections. And yeah. this man has been being promised the, the the people they will be uh, show the proof to the corruption to this not only the dictator to the whole entire government, okay, but the so dictator sent people on, to his on, house. He, yeah, he went on this radio to tell the whole world about this corruption, and the proof was stolen. His house was broken into the very same day, and they stole the proof. Then he, he killed himself. Right in the in the in the in the, in the, in the radio station, he shot himself. He, oh he told the God. people, "I cannot produce the, the proof. I promise you guys to produce, and because I am meant to honor, 
I mean to end my life right now. And he put a gun and he shot himself. Oh, my God. I'm here. That is a I'm man, that, that is a personal friend to my, the, the, to my father. Oh. And to what my father meet Castro. Castro is nobody in that time. Okay. Castro, Castro is only, nobody. A complete yeah, nobody. Castro is actually like a, uh, like a, well, not, not, not exactly nobody. He's the guy's assistant, the guy's, the, the Eduardo Chivas uh, uh, second second oh, man because he's not even oh, the first man. And then when a guy killed himself, and the other guy failed to to uh, because they are they're afraid, you know, the dictator is going to persecute them. Yeah. Then yeah. Castro is coming like like the, from the shadow, the the third the, the or the fourth guy behind this leader, and then he assumed. The, the responsibility to the party, and he tell the people, I will continue the fight in behalf of Eduardo Chivas. Oh, my God. And that, wow. is, that, is, that is what they made the, the, the pact with my father. Do they need the financials to win a revolution? No, nothing will be done by the legal ways because they yeah. give it up already. Yeah. And that's when my father go to his brother Masons, and his brother Masons say, we back you up for whatever you need. He said, well, we need is money. And then my father coming to be the financier to the movement, to the 26th of July, what is the movement Castro bring all the way to winning the revolution. Oh, my God. This is a historic story. Wow. This is a very, very, this is a very detailing Story that is what I tell you. This is going to take more than a one program to tell you, audience, the importance to all this because people with good intentions and with great intentions and great honor, like my yeah. father, because I love my father and I respect my father, and I, I really have tremendous pain from the pain my father suffered for the yeah. betrayed Castro dead to them and because they are honorable people. And after they backed the revolution, after they sacrificed and put their savings, life savings in the line to support Castro and the revolution, where the revolution win, Castro turned against all these people and he coming to make a communist country. In- and then took property, took factories, took... Uh, they took, they, they, they come in and take their, their properties, they, they take the bank accounts, they take, they, 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 they took everything from these people, the very people support him and the revolution. Because they, you don't need them anymore. Oh, my God. And he wants to perpetuate himself in power, and the only way he can perpetuate in power is being a communist, a Marxist. Yeah, and the only way he can do that is associating with the Soviet Union, and he betrayed every single person that's involved behind the revolution, and he go after them, and the ones not leave the country, they put in a jail for twenty years, three years, or they ended in the fighter squad. Okay, now, Dr. Marmol, in nineteen fifty-eight. How old are you in fifty-eight? Twelve years old. Well, actually, old. in 58, I 11 years old. 11 years old. Okay. I saw I saw in my house how 
they bring in the the, the bombs, the the to put it in the in the in the trees, the 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 uh, the grabs they go to drop it in the in the streets to uh, stop the traffic. They, all this kind of stuff, I saw it when I growing up. Uh, how they put uh, uh, the the flat for what is it red, white and black from the revolution in, in everywhere. You know, in other words, they 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 do a terrorist terrorist uh, campaign against the dictator. That is why the dictator collapsed. They wow. put a bombs. They, they even put bombs in the in the movie theaters and and kill innocent people. Innocent people. We don't realize that in that time, but you know that is a terrorist act because it's innocent people, and people get so terrified that people don't even leave the house anymore to even go to the movie theaters anymore. Yeah. Tell them about they, your. Uh, tell them about your your uh, teacher. My teacher. Oh, that is a big thing. That is a. But let me let me explain this little bit, and 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 we go to my teacher. The my father compromised with Castro to be provide to them all what they need, weapons, clothing, food, and everything to, to do their, their campaign and, and uh, overthrow the dictator. My father bring me several times in his car to the mountains. And, and, and several times they, uh, they saw the shot in the car, making holes in the car. They don't, they don't kill us by military. And, and my father, I realized later on, you know, he is so blind and so fanat, fa- fanatic into what he's doing that he don't even realize he put my life in danger and all the family in danger. So, so okay, your dad would drive you into the mountains with, in his car as he was going on these trips connecting with all of these donors. Is that it? Exactly, because I being in the, in the car, I served like an alibi. Oh, I and the see. soldiers. Yeah, I not so, my son and I are going for a ride in the country. I see. got it. Okay. Not yeah. only that, you know, they're not going to make any suspicions to a man with a kid in the car. He, he got the whole car loaded with machine guns and grenades and all the stuff. And sometimes they even wave it and let it let it pass because my father is a well-known businessman in the area. But oh if he can't God. buy himself, so, so, you, so, so he would have machine guns and weapons in the trunk. And grenades and, and all kinds of stuff, and they bring it to the rebels. Oh and I there, when I was 11 years old, well, this started in 1956, 1957, when I even 9 years old, seven, and 9, 10 years old, you know? And that go for years. and go back and forth, and, you know, for years. And my father get arrested. For years, wow. Yeah, my father get arrested a couple of times, and lucky enough, my uncle interviewed with, you know, with the authorities and the polit- politicians, and yep. and they let it go. But you know, they, he almost get killed. But the the point in the whole scene is, I, what, what the point I want to make to you audience is, sometimes people think that what they have is bad, and they they go from one extreme to the other extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's like you going from the you're running from the tsunami, and you're going to a volcano. You know? Uh-huh. You, you try to save your life, and you're running from, from a tsunami coming from the ocean, and then you're running into the mountains, and you've got a huge volcano erupting. And that is what happened with the Cuban people and most of the people around the world. They think they, 
what they have, the system is not good. They're going to fix it. They're going to make it better. And they do a revolution or whatever. And they, they go around and get ended with something 2,000 or 10,000 times worse than what they have before. Okay. Because the dictator is bad. They never, never even close. They were cast to death to people after Castro the win the revolution. Is far, far, far worse than Batista. Is what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. It, it starting with he is a paranoid and egocentric individual, like a Hitler and Napoleon and and all these individuals. They think they know everything, and they nobody know better. And if you even disagree with him, he blow your brains up. Because how dare you even disagree with him? No, this, no, no. This is no. Take us. Uh, I, I know Cat Atkinson mentioned mentioned the teacher, but before you do that, and 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 we also have Brett Gilliland on the call. So if you guys want to interject, feel free. That's the other voices uh, for those listening on the call. Uh, they were with us last week on the call to introduce uh, the the idea of having Dr. Marmel on tonight. But take us back to the time you first met Castro in person. Uh, how did that take place, and how did you get selected to be a youth uh, communist brigade leader, of, 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 or whatever your your designation was? Well, I I love my father. Um, to me, my father is my my idol, my hero. Yeah. Yep. Like a Superman, Batman. To me, my father is the best because you know he always showed me integrity, uh, courage. Uh, he teaches me the best, and I have a high concept. I, I, I still have it until he die, no matter what, he makes a big mistake with the revolution. But immediately the revolution win, uh, we went to uh, fast forward a little bit because we go through many things into, into that time. Uh, my father, uh, I, I tell my father I want to be part of the revolution. He said, for you to join. I say, you don't make any difference, St. John. I can be a leader to the new army and restructure the whole army with the Batista. They're they not good people. They are people take bribes and all this stuff, and, and we can create a new youth uh, uh, army for the revolution. Mm-hmm. And he say, okay, put it, put it down, write it down, and I take it to Fidel. And I go to my room, and I write it down a letter, and uh, my father take it to, to, to Fidel. Uh-huh. And uh, Fidel let go uh, Gaga with me. He said, "Oh my God, you know this kid? How old is this kid? He says, only twelve years old." And he uh, he, he making a, a meeting with me, and he immediately talked to me for you know not, not even an hour. Uh, he said, "You will you will be the the commander in chief like me for the youth commandos to the whole rebel army." What was? He gave me the stars like like any all the commanders that have in the army, and he mm-hmm. gave me a gun and he gave me all the power, and he gave me a letter to be uh, execute in his behalf the new army for the revolution. And I have a buildings, I got trucks, uh, military trucks, I got jeeps, I got all kind of stuff, weapons, and you know to organize that uh, new army for for the revolution. But before I get that to that, uh, my teacher, I want to come back to your question. Yeah, my ahead. teacher, coming to uh, bakery, uh, 
this is before the revolution win. And yeah. uh, I just, my mother sent me to get some bread for dinner. And I walk in into the bakery, say hello to her. I saw it, and and we have we you know I changed some words or whatever. Be be good boy, come back on early, blah blah blah. I see you tomorrow in the school, and I going down to the steps, and what I I, I want to grab my 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 bike. Way. I want to go that way. What the fuck am I gonna? Where Sorry. we have someone on the call? Please mute your phone, everyone. Please. Sorry, sorry, we we got him, friend. It, it was Jay by mistake. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay, ahead. no problem. I just go. I just go down to the steps to the bakery to grab my bike to come back home, and a huge explosion uh, blew my practically my ears off, and I fell in the ground. And what I practically. Uh, and groggy, but the explosion and the smoke and all the stuff uh, get out of the, the, the ground in the street. Uh, and I go to grab, you know, looking for my bike and my my stuff. I just saw the teacher, my teacher head rolling to, to my bike. Completely decapitated by the by the glasses the and the windows in the, in the bakery. The teacher's head was decapitated? Yes, completely oh, rolling, rolling like a like a like a football ball. Oh my god! I, oh my god! Oh. And he ended right in my feet. And I saw that, and I looking up to the sky, and I think it's raining. And I see thousands of little crystals or beautiful things like a shining stars falling to me, and it's pieces of glasses, and it cut all my face everywhere. Coming from the explosion, I just completely lose it. I grab my my bike and I get out of there. You know, the, the soon I can. I even drop one of my shoes in there, and I don't even come back to pick him up. Yeah. And uh, that is one of the experiences I have before the revolution win, and one of the one of the bombs. The people. Behind the revolution, putting everywhere to scare people and don't go to the street and don't go anywhere and paralyze the country. Oh my God! And that, that, and that was a, a beloved teacher who was, who was who was very influential in your life as a young man. All of a sudden, absolutely blown up, cut off, cut off the head like you cutting off the chicken head, and and you drop it in the in the floor and roll it down. Oh, what I see her eyes looking into my eyes with still the eyes open. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, let's let's go forward again. And the revolution, I get to be a commander to the Union Army. Everybody respect me, everybody everywhere I go, you know, open the doors like you know, I have God give it to earth because they yeah. start to see me in the podiums. In the uh, Castro speech, uh, in the television, everywhere Castro go, I go with him. Wow. And I with Che Guevara, with Camilo, with Hugo Matos, with all the commanders of the revolution. Everyone of them, believe it or not, they look at me. At that time, I think it's with respect. But now I realize 
they look at me with fear. With fear, yeah. With fear. You know why? I meet Uber Matos, the one of the greatest commanders of the revolution, later on in here in California, after he spent 20 years in jail in Cuba because he sent a letter to Castro telling Castro, please don't take this beautiful, beautiful revolution. It cost so many lives in the way to the communist ideas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> please don't do that because you're going to betray all the brothers' blood, which they tread into the into the process, and Castro created a convulsion, accused Uber to be uh, confabulating against him and and try to make a, a a coup to to get himself to be a leader, and they arrest Uber and put her in jail for 20 years, just because he sent a letter telling him, please don't take this revolution to the Marxist Leninist. Uh, ideological ideas. Yeah. And I now realize because I meet with Ubers after 20 years he has spent in jail and he coming to the United States uh, to the International Red Cross and I meet yeah. with him right here in California. I got the opportunity to talk to him again and he told me we all afraid of you because you say something anything at all because you're a kid. And you can say something to this guy that we say or whatever, you know, we can end it in the fight squad. Yeah. In other words, everywhere I go in that time, they even step up the big generals, you know, like a commander here, like a general here, they say he used to be commanders only because God's will change all the rank in the military. And he say no more generals. It's going to be only the higher rank is going to be a commander. And all these people, I walk in the salon, and I show them step up and even take the hat off, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm walking in like a, a king or something. Yeah. And I say, well, it's very nice, you know, thank you. I, I embarrass you sometimes. I say, you don't have to do that. I say, no, we do this for pleasure. You do the favor to Fidel, and you, you know, you are part of the revolution. You are an example to the youth, blah, blah, blah. I'm beginning all kinds of excuses, but later on I realize they don't do that for respect. They do that for fear. Yeah. Because they are fear to death. They say anything, even remotely uh, inappropriate to Castro, and, and, and Castro can put them in, in jail for 30 years or put her in the fire squad. But anyway, coming back, coming, coming back a little bit before Ubers. Uber is a Uber Matos. I don't know if whatever you have chance, go here and check Uber Matos. Yeah, let's is take it, that spelling down. Uh, I, what, what is the spelling? Correct spelling uh, or chat about there? Go ahead and that. Yeah, H U D like in boy E R, and his last name is M like in Michael. A, T like in Thomas, O, S. Uber Martos, Martos. He is actually the third commander in the revolution. Is Castro is a uh, is uh, a brother, the brother Raúl is Uber Martos, and then is Che Guevara. Wow. Which he is actually the third in command. 
to the revolution. And Sheikh Guevara uh, was was second in command. Or, or, or no, Che Guevara. Che Guevara is the fourth in command. Fourth in command. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it was Fidel, then Raul, then uh, Uber, then Shea. Okay, got it. If anybody wants to see uh, Uber Matos, he can go to our website, www.spymasterspy, and you're going to see uh, 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 a video we have in there, uh, what an interview we have with him in here in California. After 20 oh, wow. years, I don't see him. Uh, he coming to California. We 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 all freedom fighters get together in a gathering, and we re, re, memorize all the past and all the stuff. People can see that if okay. they want to in our website in a Spy Master Spy. Okay. There are a couple of videos there, and you're going to see uh, who who we're talking about. Okay. It's a it's a very nice, a very interesting interview because. We reveal and there are so many uh, bad things, you know, the Castro regime did and how he, he betrayed everyone and still telling the entire world he helping the poor and, and, he, and he, he wanted to help everybody and, and Cuba, uh, the medicine is for free and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's all lies and all deceiving and all uh, hypocrites. You know, because all what they do is living like a kings in a, in a perpetual uh, golden life. And the poor is more poor than ever, and the people in Cuba, they, they have to stay in line for hours to get a roll of toilet paper or, or a loaf of bread. Like in the in the, in the yeah, times. Time really has stood still there in Cuba uh, as, as we all you know, have heard over the years uh, that the cars are still, 90% of the cars are from the 50s, throwback to the 50s, because nothing has been produced. There's been no innovation, <coughs> no creativity. Uh, it is uh, it's been a completely unfree environment. It's a completely destruction. It's like a, like a war song. And war. the reason is, I tell people, the reason to this is because the communists and, and the Marxist ideas, they are beautiful in, in, in theory. Because they, it's like a world business tale, but what they exhaust the 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 funds, the, the sources, and the and the financials, the the country have, and they completely running down everything. They don't have no production to anything because they scare the hell out of everybody, and everybody stopped to produce and leaving the country. The whole thing is a chaotic situation everywhere. Then. It getting bad and to the bad and worse and the worse and worse and you get to the point that you don't even have a nail. You you got you need a screw to put it in your door because your hinges yeah. are selling down and it's not even screws because nobody produces that screws. Oh my god. But they, in in their mind and what they tell people and tell the rest of the world, you know, people if the people are ignorant, political ignorance, they believe it. And they don't even realize what is coming until it's too late. Because after they get the power and they get the, 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 the force, they keep the people around them, the, the, a small group of people, the army, and the terrorists, 
threat. Anybody do anything, he lose their life. And it give you a little better quota to the food and everything to the people that are around them. That way they keep it happy. Okay? But the rest of the population, the millions of people in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the population, they're starving, they don't have no job, they, they, their country is go through hell. Look, it happened in Venezuela right now. It happened in everywhere the communists take over. You know? The only, the only time the communists have flourished is what they pretend, like in China, they being capitalist, and they use ourselves system, but they maintain the, the, the control and the, and the, uh, and the uh, what we call the uh, ideological terror in the people in order to don't revolt. If they revolt, they kill everyone. You see that with everything in China, the young generation, the young kids coming to the street, they disappear. Yeah. 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 And, and they, because they control the media, they control everything, they, you can disappear. They come in, in the, at 2 o'clock in the morning, they, they pick you up out of your house, and you disappear. And see, anybody, your wife or anybody go and ask for you, they don't come back either. Oh and God. after that happened two or three times, the neighbors start to see that, and they don't even dare to, to even go and question somebody or, or ask for somebody where they, where they go and take it because they know what's going to happen. So you started to connect the dots and see the, the connection between uh, the actions of the regime, the revolutionary regime, regime of, of Fidel Castro. Uh, even though he placed you in this position, you started to bit by bit question what was going on, right? Well, I got an extraordinary position because I, I would then, I would delete. I I see what is going on before the people in the street see what is going on. Yeah. In other words, uh, I start to see how they prepare the the group, the executives, and they go to control the electrical company, the telephone company, uh, all the major corporations. You know, I see that in 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 progress. And I asked, uh, you know, what a while I need a kid. I very clever. I've been. Uh, around people are very intelligent and very high intellectual, and I read a lot. I always read. I like to read everything. I know even the Marxist Lenin's manifesto. I, I know everything. That is what I tell people. When you talk about something, you have to have you have to have some kind of knowledge to to defend what you believe, or or, or, or you want to be playing by a fool. Okay. And and I ask question. I say, why are we doing this? Yeah. And Che Che told me, if we don't do this and we don't take all the money, all the power and everything from the people, we're not going to be in power only for three or four years. They're going to ask him for we for elections, and the same people put us in power. They're going to kick us in the ass later on. In other words, we cannot afford that. We have to maintain the power, and the only way you can maintain the power is to strip away every single financial sources that people have. And I say, then, what, what are you guys going to do with the businesses? The businesses are going to be owned by the, by the government, going to be controlled by the government. What about the, the little shops? You know, everything going to be controlled by the government, employees by the government. 
And I say, oh, my God, my father can lose all his business and everything working for 30 years, not even taking a vacation. Yeah. And my father is one of the families here to this revolution. My God. I had to tell my father. Yeah. And, and the, the instinct to protect my father led me to the first confrontation I have with my father. When I come back to my house and with my gun and my bodyguards and everything, I tell the, the guys to stay outside, wait for me. And I take my father to the library we have in the house. And I tell my father, you know, this guy is a traitor. This guy is a liar. This guy is a communist. And he's going to destroy the country. And he's going to take away not only your money, your friends' money, your business, everything. And my father looked into my eyes and said, who, who told you that? I said, nobody told me that, that. I saw it every day. I around these people. You forgot? I, day by day, I sleep with them. I eat with them. I, you know, I like being home once a month. Because I even stop to go to school because they take me everywhere. And, and my father told me, you know something? My brother probably brainwashed you. Get out of the house. You're a traitor. Wow. That, that, is how, that is how fanatic my father came to be. Oh I'm supposed God. to be the golden child. I'm supposed to be the... I got three brothers and three sisters from my father because I looked like my great-grandfather. And my great-grandfather is one of the patriots in the 18th century revolution against Spain. Donato del Marmo, you can write that name if you want to. And I tell you, audience, don't believe nothing in what I say. Do your homework, and you're going to find out if what I say is true or not. And if what I say is true, then you want to know more true about it. And my great-grandfather, I look like him a lot. You know, I got amber hair, red hair, white skin. My brothers are more dark skin. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the favor to my father. My father always favored me and take me everywhere and everything when I was a kid. And I, and I said, you, you tell me that? You're my dad? You're my hero, the, the man I love and i looking up to? And you don't believe me? You don't even give me the benefit of the doubt, for God's sake? Get out of my house. Traders cannot live under my same roof. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And with tears in my eyes, I left my house, and I go to my uncle's house, and I tell my uncle what, what just happened. Your uncle now, okay? Yep, you're my uncle you're is a doctor, is a gynecologist and, and pediatrician. And my uncle actually is the one who my dad out of problems because he's a, he's a very prominent uh, figure into all the government administrations and all this, and no matter what, he don't really partake deeply in the politics, but he got a lot of influence. And he actually is the one who saved my dad's life in, in, in capital location where my dad got arrested by the Imperial police. Yeah. But my dad know he hated the revolution and he hated the rebels. And he know I've been in the capital and he assumed my uncle has been brainwashed me against yeah. the revolution. I sit down with my uncle. I imagine it. My uncle saw me dressing in, in the military uniform with a gun in my waist. And I tell him, my uncle, 
I live in the country. My father just called me a traitor and kicked me out of the house. I'm not going to stay here no longer. Uh-huh. I said, why do you tell me all this? I said, because Castro is a traitor. And I, you know, I express myself and, you know, get out of my guts everything I have against these people. Uh-huh. My ass will freak up. I say, why do you tell me this? Why are you coming to my house to tell me all this? You, you have to... You, Love these people, and you are in television with these people, and you are part of the government. What do you want to do? Will you want me to say something to to entrap me, to arrest me? What, what, what do you? You my you my nephew, for God's sake. And I got tears in my eyes, and I said, for God's sake, uncle, do you think they're going to be betraying you that way? You do you you look at me so low to to get capable to do something like that? And my uncle see in my eyes. And my tears, the unsincere, because my uncle, surprise, surprise, has been member to the international community intelligence from the World War II, and has been a, a sleeping cell, trying to prevent the Nazis to take over in the Caribbean island and the uh, and the South and Central America. Uh-huh. And what he saw that. He say, "Oh my God! You know this this kid telling me the truth. It's for real." Yeah. And he say, "Sit, sit down. I want to talk to you. You want the fresh ring to the government. You are Ron Castro. You need to stay in Cuba. You go uh-huh. to be your best assets. We're going to have to take all the information out of these people from their guts." And I say, "What?" And he say, "Okay, you." You entrust me, you tell me your feelings, sit down, I'm going to entrust and put my life in your hands. And he told me who he is. Mm-hmm. This is your uncle. Your uncle. Yes. And he made me... admitting to you that he is a spy. He told me he is a master spy. A master spy. He is the one recruited on other people and send it to other countries to, to recruit information and to uh, maintain the order in South and Central America and the Caribbean islands. Wow. And I say, oh, my God. I say, well, if you want to come, come in to work with us, we train you. We, you're going to be the youngest spy probably the history has, not only in Cuba, around the world. But I guarantee you that when you finish your training, you're going to be sharp like a like a double blade, and nobody's going to be able to touch you. And we will protect you. And I say, wow. okay. And how old are you? Uh, Twelve years old. Twelve, 12 and a half. You know. You are still young. About, you know. Wow. Yeah. This is about half half a year into the revolution in 1959. Getting to, yeah. to 1960. And in there, I start to live a double life. I renounced to my childhood, practically. I'm not a kid any longer. Because uh-huh. I, you know, I start to, to understand the danger of what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And believe me, if anybody in your audience 
wanted to see the facts because in every book we publish it. I don't be, we don't publish these books because we want to make money or anything like that. No matter what I tell people, don't ever be ashamed to make money because you need money for everything in life. That revolution never be made if it's not my, for my father's friends and my father's money. And every single idea, good thing, a good deed in, in, in this earth is need money in order to execute it. But we don't do this for money. And I tell everybody, you don't have to buy the books. Tell us. You email, I will send you the, the, the uh, book electronically for free. But in the Cuba, Russia, Letter of America, because we got a, a book, what is Pulitzer, in 1976 mm -hmm. in Spanish, and it came to be a bestseller. And I got in a journalist award for that book. That is the book, unfortunately, uh, cost the life to my son. When I left Cuba 10 years later, they killed my son in retaliation because I published a book in here in the United States. That book wait, wait, wait. coming this, to be... This is a book, this is your first book you published in the 70s? In, in 1976. Okay. Five so years, in five years, I escaped in 1971. Five years yeah, after I escaped Cuba, yeah. the oldest uh, publication in Hollywood called me and tell me, we want to have uh, an interview with you they got a magazine, they call it Orbis uh, uh, in that time. And uh, the, the, magazine, the, the printing of the publishing house is called Orbis. The magazine calling Graphics. And they asked me for an interview, and the uh, individual is the, in charge, the, the, the editor and, and owner, want to make uh, a book out of this. And then he told me, write your memories and bring it to me. And then I write the whole thing, and, and, and they publish in Spanish with the title Cuba, Russian Roulette of America. Okay. Cuba, Russian Roulette of America. That book, your son, in Spanish. Go ahead. Your son was in Cuba at the time, right? In that time, yes. After I escaped Cuba, you know, I just, I just... Fast forward 10 years, okay, or 20 years or whatever, 15 yeah, years or whatever. But I like to tell you this because this particular book coming to be a bestseller in all the countries around the world in the Spanish countries, mm -hmm. Portugal, Spain, uh, uh, all Central and South America, uh, all these speaking Spanish countries. And I got a, a journalist award for that book. And even the Pope send me uh, a, a gift, a cross made by the uh, monks in the Vatican for the brave and the, uh, and the courage I have in to denounce the barbarities the Cuban regime make in that time. I have that in, in one of my books. I got the picture to the cross, the Pope, and everything. Now, but now, how do you connect your de the death of your son? Was there a message that somebody left? I will, I will, I will, I will go to that. I, I, in a minute, uh, but okay, let me, sorry, let me, let me sorry. give you the idea that way people don't lose the track. Okay, that book, that book, Cuba, Russia, Russia, America, for what they killed my son, the book is will be translated, it's already translated in six languages. It's going to be published all over the world. And they give you the news that my son is dead. 
they kill it. They, 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 me, Donald Trump, brought over him two times and to send me a message. And I know exactly why and how they do because I confronted the, the assassin later on. But we, we're not going to go in that yet because we're going to go too, far, too, far, too forward and then people are going to lose track and everything. Okay, this book, that book in, in, in 1976, five years after escaped Cuba, Rush, Cuba, Russian Roulette of America, uh, after, you know, that incident and, and my son is dead, I pulled it out of the production. I don't want, because I got my mom and my dad and my sisters still in Cuba, I don't want they continue and, and, and eliminate all my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I stopped the production of the book. Uh, later on, in 2010, uh, I'd been contacted by the, by the Lambert, one of the most prestige academic books for uh, textbooks in Europe, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they asked me the permission to reprint the book in English because they considered it a great text for political, social, and historical events to give you to all the college and universities around the world. Like I said in the beginning, I don't care about money, and I authorize them to print it, but I don't give you no rights to them to do anything else, only print it. And they translate the book in English, and they put it in all the, the, the curriculums in different courses for political scientists in Europe. The same name, Cuba, Russia, Roulette of America. Wow. Okay? Now, we got an agreement with them because they told me, if you ever want to reprint this book or you want to make a movie, whatever, all what we want is, with the time being, uh, you either subtract 10% or add 10% so you're going to reprint the book. Uh-huh. And I say, no problem. But the book itself costs like $80. They release it with eighty-seven dollars, something like that, because it's a textbook. Uh-huh. Then what we did is we add several chapters in the book, and we released the book in two thousand ten as Cuba Russian Roulette of the War of the World. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then, then we put it in, in the market for ten, fifteen dollars, something like that. I want the people to be able to read it. Yeah. I don't want the people, you know, only a, a handful of people can afford to buy a book for $80 or something like that. Uh-huh. A paperback, matter of fact, because it's not even hard cover in the time. Then the, the Cuba Russia led to the war coming in paperback and coming in hard cover. And that is the one we're using for the uh, screenplays and the movies we, we plan to do. Okay. Wow. That combination with that and this the Cuban lightning, the zipper. That two books will be the combination for maybe three or four major motion pictures. But let's come back in time. Uh, I just want to give you that that uh, knowledge that way you know why. The book is, is printed before in, in Spanish. What is the reason and what happened? I'm going to come back now to answer your question about my son. Okay. 
uh, when I left Cuba, I already married. You know, I left Cuba. I, 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 I being a spy for almost 12 years of my life in Kisayo, Cuba, because I left when I'm 23 years old. And we had to swim out of Cuba, scuba diving. Well, my contact told me the last info you give it to the community intelligence, unfortunately, they pass it to the White House, and the White House use it as a tool to get a coalition against Cuba. And your information is going to be open. And I told that previously that that information cannot be released. That particular information cannot be released. It has to be used for the tour, whatever information is going to be done, but never use it in public or, or show it to anyone because it compromised not only me, it compromised the people behind me working in the, in the group and the intel inside to the, the, the Cuban government. Well, when they do this, they blow my cover. I already married. I already married. I got a little boy, three years old. Yep. And I don't have no other choice to abandon Cuba. Believe me, it takes me a great effort. You don't even imagine it to leave behind that little boy and my wife. How old is your son at the moment? At the time? Well, he died. He died. He died later on. Uh, what he uh, actually just riding a, a little moped. Yeah. And they they sent an assassin with a big truck to run over him. To run him over? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. You you can find that in in the website. You can see we got even trailers, documentaries, and uh, in, the, in the one with the www.spymasterspy.com. Okay. Spy anyway, they come back to 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 that subject. What I realize, the I, you know, believe me, that is that take me a long time to recoup. Uh, I know the next the next month is going to be my dad and my mom and and, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and the, other, the rest of the family. Yep. Then I move every single power I can find to get my family out of Cuba. And I indebted to my friend and contact and my mentor in the intelligence because they actually do a good job and and to Spain, and the Spain ambassador, they finally uh, arranged to get them out of Cuba. Okay, wow. My father, when he came into the LA airport, embraced me, and he cried like a little boy in my shoulder. And he said to me in my ear, how it can be so stupid. You, a little boy, telling me and these people are bandits, and these people are not honorable, and these people are horrible. 
human beings, and, and I not believe you. So your father con- admitted that he was wrong to you? Absolutely. Oh, my God. He died, he died with the, sad- the sadness, sour pill in his mouth. Because every single year he's been living in here, every time he saw, he saw me, he got tear-eyed and, and the repented face that it made me feel so bad that I, I tell God, for God's sake, it's not your fault. It's millions of people like you fall for this guy. You can you cannot take all the guilt to yourself. Yeah, because you feel like he not only betrayed his family, he betrayed his friends, he betrayed everybody. He talked in to give you even a single dollar to help the revolution, and he feel like an idiot. And that's nothing, nothing more. Difficult to a man with integrity and morals to feel like an idiot and somebody being using you. Yeah, yeah. And that is my goal until I die. I will be not a stop to educate, to enlighten, and to bring the truth to people. That way they don't go through what my father go through or what my, my family go through and what I go through. Now, tell us. Uh, or am I jumping ahead too far? But when you when you escaped Cuba, uh, first, if you would go back and, and restate how your cover was blown real quickly, and then how you well, escaped Cuba. Let me let me um, let me come back and track a little bit that way people understand the you know who I am. In other words, how okay. this little kid coming to. Uh, to come and to uh, be such a crazy and, and, and amazing spy, with, what is a spy for almost 11 years or 12 years, and, and nobody ever detected. I got mm-hmm. clearance because I had commander to the Union Army. I got clearance in every single high-tech, even the missile launching coming from Russia. Even the officers, several officers, Cuban officers, don't have no clearance to get into those uh, stations. Hmm. Nobody ever, ever dared to stop me anywhere. And coming back in track before even the missiles coming to Cuba, mm-hmm. I meet several times with Che because Che. Uh, want me to be his protege. He want me to to raise me like a like his uh, like his example, like the new man. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, show, showing me up like you know, and the his uh, uh, his product. And mm-hmm. and and Fidel, in the same time, had a little fight with him because I'm supposed to belong to Fidel. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I used this opportunity to get the best information that he wanted in. Okay, because you were already, you were already, you know, you, you were uh, three years into this, uh, you were a spy. This is I already trained 
No. Not three years. Okay. These are actually, actually six months later. Oh, six, just six months later? Wow. Yeah, after I trained, the first thing I did is took Che Atache, his briefcase, for the major okay. military compound in the city where I live. Uh-huh. He coming from, he, he coming in, in a, he go to a visit to the Soviet Union, come back to Cuba, and he have to, he get, they get some problems inside, internal problems uh, with the uh, army, where some of the officers uh, uh, don't want to follow the adoctrination for the communist uh, political ideas or whatever, and he uh, go fly in the helicopter over there, and they told me he's coming. And uh, and I see the opportunity. That is what I've been training for. Uh-huh. And I saw when we go, uh, we got a long meeting. What they debriefing us and telling us what what they going to do, the, the, how they go to handle the adoctrination, blah 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 blah. By this time, I know for fact the Marxist communist regime is coming. Nobody not know in the in in anywhere. Uh-huh. But they adoctrinating the army and the and the uh, and the forces. They they creating their own intelligence. They they doing all this in order to uh, in in case the, the the people prevail against the system, they can suffocate it immediately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, while we going to the dining room in the in the compound, the military compound, I use the opportunity to sneak in into the office where she left his portfolio. Okay, yeah. And go through a window and manage to get an unbelievable information. Why Che probably until he died regret to ever bring that portfolio to that military compound. Because I even have in in, in now in safe security boxes documents to the plot to assassination and leaders around the world. I got his KGB batch. I got unbelievable information in there. And that was in I, a, a briefcase that he brought back from Russia. Is that what you're saying? No. He, that is the, the personal briefcase he traveled with as a KGB agent. He, Che Guevara, yeah. is actually and it's been from many, many, many years before the revolution, and a special agent from the KGB forces in order to conquer the South and Central America and the Caribbean and bring it to the side to the Soviet Union. Okay, got it. Okay, wow, wow. Then, because he go to Russia, and in one of the, these conferences or meetings or whatever, internal, yeah. intel, the briefing, and uh, but he come back, he not put that in a safe place in, in his office in Havana, in the capital. He go directly to uh, jump in the, in the helicopter because they got a problem with Frank the rebellion in that particular uh, military compound in Pinal del Rio. And he bring the, the portfolio with him. He don't have time to put it in the safe or anything like that. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Then... I don't even know. I know that is going to be probably valuable because any information coming from them is going to be valuable 
for an, for an intelligence that I never realized to one magnitude that briefcase, they were the content of that briefcase. And that is what it brought the fuse. And from there, from that day, another incident. Wait, 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 wait. Were, you just, were, you, were you discovered to have, uh, were you caught in the act of spying on, on the briefcase? I took the briefcase out of the compound, and people still, my own people still ask how the hell you do that. Because they sound the alarm, the, the whole siren's gone, the military getting alert, the whole spotlights, uh, big, uh, huge spotlights start to looking around the compound, they, they release the dogs, and I managed to get out of there without any this crash. Oh, my God. What's the briefcase? This with the briefcase. Oh my gosh, you had the briefcase. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that that is that is that is in the books. That will be in the books that we will next release. Because we come back in time and, and to release from the beginning to the revolution. You have some of these documents to this day. Exactly. And the point is I don't never mention that before. Because remember what I tell you before, my yeah. family is still there. Yeah. And the previous book I released, I lightly touch second things, yeah. but I don't touch deeply in the in the in my clandestine work in there. Okay. Because I don't want to do more harm to my family than what I've been done already. It's pretty much the story of a young man growing up in the middle of the Cuban Revolution and, and the communist regime. Um, so he, he very lightly touches on, on what he himself actually did in that first book. Okay. But these, these next books, we are going into a much greater detail. And um, should I, you want me to tell the story of, of uh, translating the batch? Yes, go ahead. Uh, that is okay. We we only going to touch second things uh, because we don't want to. We want to people go to the website. We want to yeah, people we, read the book. We we have about uh, five or ten more minutes, and we're going to open it up for comments and questions, and it's going to be a wrap for tonight because it, our tape messages, our shows are two hours. So. We only we only we only so far touch the cherry and talk to the cake. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I try to, Chad, uh, if you want to tell this brief story, and I would like to yeah. open it up for comments and questions in the last... Uh, yeah, minutes. go ahead, Todd. That is, not, that is not long at all, you know. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, being a KGB badge, it has a whole bunch of Cyrillic letters on it, and I know enough Cyrillic to say, okay, that's KGB, that's USSR. I don't know what these other three letters are. So I took it through with, with Dr. Marble's permission. I took it to a Russian friend of mine uh-huh. and said, could you, could you translate this for me? And uh-huh. uh, she, she thinks, well, look at the badge. And goes, well, this brings back some unpleasant memories. It's really, you're absolutely right. This is KGB. This is USSR. What these three letters are are the departmental, the identifying letters for the exact department this agent belonged to. I yeah. thought I knew every department of the KGB. I've never seen this identifier before. I have no idea what department this, this is. Wow. <laughs> that, is, that is how high she 
is into the KGB in that time. Wow. It's, it's amazing. And, and, and all you have to do is uh, check in one of the books, and you want to see the, what we released with the Central Intelligence, the code, the when Che is being initiate, initiated as a KGB agent in, in, in Moscow. Matter of fact, in the same school, the Cuban Special Forces for the Intelligence in Cuba go and train what precisely they are very close to the building where Lee Ashworth is staying in Russia, what is staying in Russia uh, in, in for a while. That's something. Wow. It's a small world. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot more than a small world. It's not such a thing like casualties. Well, and, you, and, and I will tell you that in some other location. He claims to have had like 56 kills or he just... So we got we to close that out. You start with your phone, please. Sorry. Sorry about that. Okay. So you are now compromised. Uh, the, the, the alarms, the sirens have been sounded. You are just not even 13 when this happened, right? No, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. And you've got... The, 12 years old. Case, you've got Shay's briefcase at 12 and a half years old, and now you realize you have to escape Cuba, right? No, 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 no. That... <laughs> That is one years on the road. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Because I thought you... Oh, you, you know, that's what I tell you. As many things I did before I abandoned Cuba. That is what they call me. They like me. The Cuban government put a contract in me, and they tried to kill me 56 times. Do you think any government has spent the sources and the money and the effort to kill somebody... Fifty-six times. Wait a minute, fifty-six I, times. I wish, I wish that, I wish that guy is really, really wanted. <laughs> okay, because I'm, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but uh, the, you, you have the briefcase, and they realize that someone has stolen the briefcase. Did they know it was you that took it? Is what I'm saying. No. No, okay. they don't have any idea at all. Great. And they okay. never suspicion. You're still safe. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> they never, they never have this slightly suspicious. They are the one that it. And I, to to close it, I want to tell you, okay. the fresh pictures about the missiles before the intelligence community or anyone know as missiles in Cuba. I took it with a pen. And I send it to the intelligence community to Guantanamo base. And it takes a year before the community intelligence send the YouTube to try to verify because they, they cannot believe the Soviets going to do something like that. Holy cow. So you were, you, you were the first one to blow the whistle the first on the... Listen, the, 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 the missiles are in, in wood boxes. We opened the wood boxes with, with uh, crowbars, and at the same time, I take a picture with my pen. And they don't even know 
the eye doing that. They made a dream. Is this a special pen that was uh, like a, a photograph machine or Re- a- recorded, recorded photograph? All kind oh, wow. of stuff. And that is in the 60s, okay? <laughs> That's something. Wow. This is, this is pretty amazing stuff you have here. I still oh. have the pens. Oh, my God. As a souvenir. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, well, right now it's 9.27. Uh, I think about another 10-minute wrap for this uh, installment. Wherever you would like to close in the next 10, 10, 12, 13 minutes, then we can open up for comments and questions. If we end early, that's fine. But I don't, I don't want to have you launch on another subject uh, before the next call or whenever that may be, whether it's next week or the week following at, at your leisure. But uh, uh, So we've got the groundwork is laid. Uh, you, you were embedded at a very, very young age inside the, the, the global intelligence services serving uh, the American interest, obviously, and uh, it was through your... Not only the American interest, to the global intelligence and democratic nations. Okay, this is a global network, not just America. Yes. Yep. Of course, the Americans are part of that. It's like the, it's like the, uh, the military treats, and you know, and yeah. uh, you know, we all work together, yeah. but we don't work for anyone. Now, doctor, am I correct in in? restating something that Brett shared with me, um, or maybe Tad shared on the call last week, Tad and Brett, uh, you were never a uh, certified contract agent in terms of, like, employment. You wanted to maintain your independence and at the, at the same time be a freedom fighter, but you did not want to be compromised or controlled. Is that correct? Can you... That is a correct, and uh, that is the deal. I made what I write to Florida with the intelligent community. I work with you. I don't work for you. Okay. I work with you, and we work together. But I don't work for you. Yep. Otherwise, I get a paycheck. I work for you. Yeah. I never, never, and I dare anyone listen to this program or. Or anyone do any research to show me I ever catch a, a check from the for the intelligence community or any other government agency. And replying to second individuals, say what is the difference between terrorists and freedom fighters? Very simple answer: freedom fighters don't kill innocent people. Yeah, terrorists does. Freedom fighters go. defend with honor the the, the country. The family, the religious, and whatever he believe. Terrorists don't have no, no country, no family, and no bondings. They 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 do whatever they have to do in order to to do their crazy, extreme ideas. Yeah. Dr. Marmo, you might as well take time right here to kind of interject a, a little reference to your personal belief in in. God, the Almighty, you kind of made reference during our conversation earlier today uh, of, of, of your you being touched by the divine providence and that you feel uh, you felt the, the hand of God almost 
uh, throughout many of these, your entire life, in fact. I mean, you, you definitely are expressing a very pointed, focused energy that seems very genuine and very forthright. And uh, that has to come from a deeply rooted, either you had an experience or an ongoing uh, series of, of events have, have, have convinced you of, of a mission, so to speak, from, from uh, our creator. I believe strongly in God and his son, Jesus Christ. And I believe maybe uh, some humble to some people. Hey, son, Jesus Christ is my guardian angel. Because okay. I got I got few encounters with Jesus Christ uh, as an as a, as a individual with a scientist, as a genetic doctor, as an individual grow up into a family with one belief in supreme architect of the universe and the other one, my mother, belief in every virgin, it exists. I I have my doubts, like everybody. Yeah. But I have more than enough proof to Jesus Christ has been behind my back all these years. It's no doubt. It's no 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 room for doubts anymore. After I survived so many attempts in my life, yeah. and I have the accounting. The personal accounting, what we go probably some all the time, I will describe it in, in, no, no, in no, details. No, no, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm going, to, I'm going to say something to you, and I want to the audience think in this. Okay. It's a lot that's... easy to find a man with no principles who don't believe in God that find a man who believe in God with a lack of principles. Yeah, there you go. And that is what I believe. That sure, sure, sure makes a sense. Man, a, man, a man with no principle is a, is a a ship with no captain. Yeah. It's a it's a ocean with no salt. It's a lost spirit. Yeah. And I strongly believe in God, and I believe in the respect. To the other people's belief, assume they don't impose in a violent way into your belief. Yeah, they yeah. got my respect. Uh, absolutely, uh, Doctor Marmel. Uh, we yes, hope sir. We can schedule uh, without, uh, you know, doing an official schedule. Uh, however, you think if if it's uh, two weeks from now or three weeks from now. You could come back on this call and and take up uh, section two of this. Uh, uh, I'll kind of confer with you, Brett, and Chad on how best to do this, but this definitely is something that uh, people need to uh, understand. And Thankfully, tonight you've laid the groundwork for understanding your personal uh, life story as it relates to this quest that you've been on your entire life. And um, uh, and I, you know, these I, I don't want to make fun of this, but the commercial is the most interesting man in the world. You're almost like living proof. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's it's a it's a very very uh, 
You almost have to by the way. <laughs> I, I say to people all the time, it's very difficult uh, to synthesize 50 years in a book. Yeah. That is the reason. And people go to be surprised because I go to give you a tip, for instance. Uh, just flying ahead completely. Uh, fast forward. Uh, how, how any human being with the common sense, a little, a little, little emotions, and a little intelligence can believe that we we kill the most horrible terrorist in the world, Heronimo, in Latin. And we actually not show his body to the world to show them an example that what they be afraid if they take that road. Uh-huh. And we secretly disappear that body, tell the American people in the world to that man is dead and expect to everybody believe it. And more horrible and whole sin is that every single person in Borough, what I know them personally, uh-huh. in the team six and this operation, they're not even around anymore. They're all dead. And I ask people, when you, Wait, are, you, are, you, are, you are you are you talking about SEAL Team Six and Osama and all that? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and I tell know. people, when you silent and you don't confront the bully and the liar, you actually condemn yourself to be, for nature, a stupid. Oh my God. Because so, they think they think they fool you. Yeah. Because you're silent. But we're not going to touch that now. We will touch it in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got so much in the back. Yes, so much. Well, listen, uh, I want to just uh, open it up for comments and questions. Anybody out there on the call right now, uh, we only have a few minutes left, and then we're going to close it off for tonight. Uh, comment or question for Dr. Marmol, feel free to star six your phone. Uh, yeah. Uh, you. Hello? Yes. Hey. I have a couple questions for him. Sam, yeah. Number one, uh, I read a book called Paragon, The Firing Wall. You know, the, you know, the students in Cuba, they fought with Castro to overthrow Batista, and then he killed mm-hmm. them at the end. They lined them up. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, uh, I don't know what book you're referring to right now, but I will make my my homework, and I will... Next time, tell you exactly what will happen with that instance. But I, one of the things I tell people is believe nothing than what you hear, and it's and it three quarters than what you see, and you probably won't be close to the truth. Okay. Now the other question is: I understand the U.S. helped Cat was it behind Castro in uh, taking over Cuba, and the United now, States is- Army gave it gave him a radio station to broadcast. No, that is not true at all. Okay. United States is not uh, actually, no matter what they play, the intelligence community play many games, uh, and unfortunately we're not being 
uh, truthful to people because unfortunately, sometimes you cannot you cannot expose people since people are not going to understand. It's like I tell you, leave the building because I know something is going to happen, but I cannot tell you the building is going to blow up. And you say, no, I'm not going to leave the building. You're crazy. And you stay there. You don't listen to me, and you blow. Okay? That is the intelligence sometimes. Sometimes the intelligence do it because the, the, the upper levels tell it to do something, and sometimes it's not the appropriate thing to do in that particular time, but sometimes they do it for the best to everybody and for the best the good to the people. But not always is like that. Uh, well, and like you, like you always say, Doc, uh, what makes sense? And if the U.S. government were behind Castro, William Morgan would not have been so strongly disavowed by our government. He was a renegade. He was a volunteer. He was trying to be like the Rough Riders back in, in the Spanish-American War. Not people create. Yeah. People create many theories with no basis. That is the reason that I write a book. I put documentation in there. If I tell you the bread is, is brown, I go to give you a picture to the to the love the bread brown bread. That way you get a picture of what I'm talking about and you see it. See a picture a picture sometimes uh, is better than thousand words. And and I try to not to put too much because I don't want to step in anybody's toes. But I want to put proof that what are we saying, okay, in, in the book we write. But the Cuban Revolution should never happen. And if it happened, and we have people prepared to, to uh, avail the revolution to the democratic system, Castro never be there. In other words, we completely neglect what is going on in Cuba, and we let Castro and his bunch of bandidos to reroute the revolution, even against to the world, to the people, and the world to the people fight the revolution. Because the Cuban revolution actually got a great intention. Turn down the dictator and bring a democratic country and reestablish the constitution. But Castro is a clever, evil individual with no respect for human rights and no respect for anyone, he don't have no ideological belief. I embrace whatever, even the devil, in order to be in power. And what happened is when he saw the power, and he sit down in that Hilton, and he said, oh, my God, I, I, I have a, a little old car two years ago, but I don't have even tires to, to put on. They sold that idea that guys were coming for a rich family. That's not true. The family is rich for the father, Dishonor him because he's a gangster. He's working with the mafia. And the father dishonored him. And he's killing people like an assassin in order to make a living. Political figures. And the United States intelligence neglect to send a good group, the intelligent people, to overlook the whole situation before Castro do too much damage and reroute the revolution the way it's in the benefit to the Cuban people and the rest of the population. Unfortunately, we made many of those mistakes. No matter what, I love this country and I kiss this ground every morning I wake up. We made many, many of these mistakes, and that is what we live in today. 
the mistake to the stupid politicians like dictating ideas and, and ideological wrong movements, and they end there in a, in a completely disaster. Uh, doctor, why do you think the United States opened up? What is the reason between the United States opened up diplomatic relations again with Cuba? You, you have I tell answer? you, if I tell you, if I tell you the answer, you're probably going to laugh. Okay, you will probably laugh, and the rest of the audience is probably going to laugh. The only reason this relation is being opened with Cuba is because the ego to a man called Obama, Barack Obama. Want to be the first president as we establish relation with Cuba because no one before him ever did that. Because it's not logical reason if you, and believe me, I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat, okay? I just follow the truth. And it's no logical reason to the relations we have with Cuba today. It's like I try to, to kiss the person has been trying to kill you for 50 years and try to go in bed and don't even have a weapon under your pillow to defend yourself. And you're asking what reason, okay? I never see the intelligent community so pissed off in my life like in these past years mm-hmm. because there's no reason. There's no logical reason for assisting a regime that's been spreading terrorists around the world for 50 years, killing president mandatories around the world, Africa, Ethiopia, Asia, Europe, Middle East, everywhere. And don't believe me, go and search what the Cuba has been doing in the past 30, 40, 50 years. And because in the past six months, accordingly with Obama, letter, because actually I sent a couple of letters to Obama in a very respectable way, telling, you know, what the hell are you doing? And he replied to me, you know, we're going to take Cuba out of the, the sanctions, the terrorist countries, because in the past six months, he's not been doing anything the inappropriate. The terrorist countries, because in the past six months, he's not been doing anything inappropriate. Do you do you believe that? Yes. You say uh, I've been trying to figure out why he did it. No reason at all, my my friend. It's uh, no it's the more I, I, I logical thing I ever see in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell me if you got, for instance, a child molester is being raping several little girls in your neighborhood for fifty years and get away with, okay? Because we got Cuba in Granada, we got Cuba in Venezuela, we got Cuba in, in Nicaragua, we got Cuba in El Salvador, we got Cuba in El Congo, we got Cuba everywhere in the world creating revolutions and killing people and, and hesitating revolution against one people and another. They are responsible for more death than probably World War II. And you're telling me you're going to bring that guy as a raper and raping all these little girls to babysit you get in your house? And you go to leave the house and let the guy babysit you, you get? That is the answer. 
You have to be either crazy or or your ego is so so big that you say, okay, what the hell? You know, the next guy will deal with. I sent a letter to Obama, and I tell it, I tell it in the letter, uh, for for six years, I've been sending letters to Obama, and he never replied, until recently. He replied and sent me two letters in one day after the other. You can see the letters in the website, in, in the spymasterspy.com. Okay. And I, I try to be respectable, spymasterspy.com. Okay. I I I blow my fuse because what I see, what he's saying to the American people, the Cuban government in the past six months, not being doing any act of terrorism around the world, and we consider they are okay to lift after the terrorist countries. That day I blow my fuse, and I send a letter, really harsh, put my grouse off, and I got two letters from him one day after the other, in the same week. Wow. Because they say the truth sends you free. And I tell them one thing. You will tell this to the thousands, it's not hundreds of thousands, the families, the fathers, the mothers, the sons, they've been killed, and not only in Cuba, around the world in different countries, you're going to tell the family to those people that because they behave in the last six months, you're going to sit down with them and eat at the same table and bring millions of dollars in investment to, to that country. What we got the country almost in bankruptcy because the country is completely in ruins. And the only, the only reason they're doing that is because they don't have no way to get any money anywhere because they're ripping off every single country around the world, taking loans and don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. And you're the only one in the world, Mr. Obama, is going to be give you the aid to our enemy to rebuild and keep and killing people around the world. And give you the you're going to give you the blood transfusion to the practically dead body that we, we cost so much dead and sacrifice to bring down to that point. There's no logical explanation, my friend, to, 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 to this administration do relations with Cuba at all. The only answer to every psychology and every person in the intelligence community and my friends is his ego. And we all come to the same conclusion. Okay, and people egos, I'm sorry, and people ego are capable to destroy nations. Look at Hitler, look at Napoleon, look at all these dictators. People's egos are the most dangerous thing any, any human being has. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, one more question, and then we're going to close out our show tonight. Anybody else a comment or question for Dr. Marmel? Well, this is Brett. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Who's this? Is that Ted? Yeah, Brett, Brett, yeah, you, Brett, you're going to have the last word. Do you want Go ahead. Well, I, obviously, I want to thank Dr. Marmel for being here, of course, and wanted to uh, follow up on, on last week's you know, call. Uh, obviously, there's a lot that's covered and a lot more that will be covered. And 
And there, and there are plenty of stories on spymasterspy.com, as, as Dr. Momo had mentioned. I was curious to follow up on that last question. Is there any chance that Cuba has become such a hot spot again because of the changes from from uh, Raul to uh, I'm sorry from Fidel to, to Raul, and also with the, the nuclear missiles? Are they still in Cuba, or do you know the status on that? You, you question is if it is, the missiles are still in Cuba? Yes. Yes. And that is the only reason we negotiated with them. Do you know about so how the, many the, missiles there are? I, I got proof. I got photographs, recent photographs. The missiles are still in Cuba. They all shows updated with the uh, new Chinese technology and Russian technology. They don't bring the missiles. They got the missiles there. But what they have to do is you got a car, but you can put a new engine, you can put a new transmission, and you just, the, the car is like a bundle. The, the, the cover, the shell is still the same, but the inside, the technology and the computers and all the stuff is brand new. You have that is the only reason. That is the only reason, my friend. We go to every single country around the world. We go and even to Panama and take Noriega out and bring it to the United States and put it in the stand in the, in the, in the, in the court system and, go, and put it to the, to the justice system. And we go to Bosnia. We go to every country around the world in every conflict. For we never touch Cuba. And I ask you guys and, and the audience, why? And I have, I have the a... answer for that. Can I, can, I make, can I make a comment here? First, yeah, I want to, this, is, this is Nina. Um, and I Nina, nice to, to, nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. Good to talk to you. You know what? My grandfather and father are from Cuba. Okay. Well, actually, my grandfather, my grandfather went to Cuba as a young man and established himself, him and his brother. Um, my grandfather um, uh, was a successful um, plantation owner. His brother was a banker. They did very well for themselves. Um, and Castro came and took it all away. And... Um, you know, my father escaped. He came here with my, with my grandmother, and um, he was educated here in the United States. And actually, um, my my older brother was actually born in Cuba too. He's now gone too. They're all they've all you know passed on. And actually, when my well, my grand when I was a child, my grandfather was still in Cuba. He actually did finally come out, and he passed on in Florida. But when he was in Cuba, when I was a little girl, I remember distinctly. Um, you know, he was having physical problems and my family, my parents would send him medicines and most of the time he never got them. I, 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 I imagine Castro, you know, uh, inter intercepted any correspondence or any packages, opened them up and took what he wanted out of them. So, but having said that, so I, I'm, I'm familiar with the situation in Cuba. But what, what I do want to say, and this is just hypothetical, is that in opening relations with Cuba, my hope is that uh, more people in Cuba will become more aware and emboldened to stand up for themselves, and also that more people in Cuba 
will be able to leave that country if they want to. That's the only positive thing. Go ahead. I want to make a salvation. I wanted to make a pause. I don't want to interrupt you. I don't mean to interrupt you. I want to just make a pause. That way I I don't lose that particular sentence you just say. And, and I understand perfectly what you're saying and where you're coming from because you actually probably live all your life in this country. And, and it's impossible to ask you to understand how a communist country or Marxist country functions because you've never been there. If you've been there, please correct me. Do you live under the No, I've never been there. I've never been there. Okay. But, you know, but that's the thing. But that's, as, as more people leave Cuba and tell the story about Marxism, socialism, the connection with, you know, communism and how the whole thing plays out together, then the people in the free world will have an understanding. You see, what I see going on in the world is that there's so much misinformation, disinformation, blatant lies, cover-ups, You know, I mean, it's like, who knows what is the truth? And so we have, I think, in the United States, a lot of people who don't understand what's going on. They have no idea. How many people, you know, how many people actually know another Cuban? They don't, because there's not so many of them. That is right. Right? That is right. That is what we need people like you back to what we're doing, because we don't do this for money. I say it in the beginning, and I will say it in the end. We do this. I can be in the Caribbean Islands and sipping piña colada, because I got a very good life, I cannot complain. I have to say God for that, no matter what I've been to hell, back and forth. But I'm telling you, I dedicate my life to enlighten, educate, and tell people what the real sin is. And that is what I tell people, don't believe nothing in what I say. You go and check me out, and you read the books, and you ask me questions. And whatever we get the time, I don't know if this is going to be the proper time, I will explain to you why these relations are, is in detriment to every single Cuban in Cuba right now, not in the benefit to anyone. Only the government is will be the benefit. And but how the people, can, okay, but let me how can it be a benefit if people, if, if, because if you sever the relations, then there's no communication. And if, if, if the outside world doesn't know what's going on, then how can anybody do anything about it? You know, how can the the global communities, you know, rise up. Although I have to say, I must admit, you know, there's atrocities going all, you know, going on around all over the world, and it just seems like I don't know what's going on with the people of the world, the free people of the world. It's like they don't care. Yeah, They're too busy. You, you see what happened in Iran? You remember what happened in Iran not too long ago? You remember what happened to people go to the plaza and they protest and they do? You remember what happened in Iran? Right. And we yeah. don't want to support them. And what happened? Every single one of those guys are dead coming to the street. Okay? Then right. the neighbors, the families, the people that's alive, at least for 10 more years or another decade, they're not going to try to do nothing because they're completely afraid and paralyzed by fear. And that is the same thing you go to China and you go to different places around the world in Venezuela. This is the way these people work. They don't have respect for the human life. They don't care about you or dead or alive. They, they put you in a, in, a, in a room and cut your fingers off and feed you with the alliance and, and laugh and, and sit down and eat a sandwich in front. And they don't care. They don't have no humanity. Right, they're pure evil. You cannot, you, you cannot ask a, a, a common mind, a decent person, a, religi- a religious man or woman to understand that because it's not logical. 
but that is the way these people are. Let me explain to you one thing before we end up. It's a, it's a, it's a organization, a secret organization, but you can go on Google, you will find it. They call them the Three Continentals. This is formed in the 60s when I'm 12 years old. Okay? And the Three Continentals mean Asia, Africa, and America Latina, Latin America. They had the communist parties all over the world. Even in the United States, we got communist parties everywhere. And the Communist Party got the obligation to respond and call for the Three Continental uh, uh, Union. They sent terrorists. They sent people even to, to uh, use the opportunities, what is the, the appropriate weather and the wind blow in second way to burn second areas, to distort the society, to distort the democracy, uh, the democratic uh, establishment. Well, the U.S. Government, the U.S. government has been involved in some of that activity itself, you know. Sweetie, I, listen to me. It's not the U.S. government. It's a second administration. And I, I correct to people all the time. This is, not, this is not about Republicans or Democrats or Independent or whatever. This is no, second no. individuals. Listen, right. this is a second individuals. Seek power. Get the power, and they use it. Because they've been paid for those people in the continental to function in their behalf. And they okay. are. Okay. Okay. Let I agree with you. you. I agree with you. Let me explain to you one thing. Let me explain to you one thing. We're wrapping it up right now, Nina. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. You should listen to the archive, Nina. We're going to wrap the show up right now on behalf of everyone here at AU Network. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight the last two hours to lay the groundwork to educate us on your story, the book, the future uh, the possibility for movies, and uh, we are really looking forward to having you back on uh, for Chapter 2 of, of this uh, special time. And I'd like to thank and extend a, a, a reference to, to Brett and to Tad who have been listening and who were here on our call last week. We're opening the door to having you on, uh, this is truly a, 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 a very special show for us. We've been doing this for eight and a half years, and uh, we, we feel very honored and humbled uh, to, to have shared this time with you. Uh, the honor everyone, is all mine. <laughs> well, everyone, please go to the links that are in our newsletter. Uh, share this on Facebook, Twitter, email, and please bring back some, some people to our show the next time we have a confirmed uh, for Dr. Marmel to come on to do Chapter 2. It could be next week. It could be two weeks from now. But we will get that, uh, we will get that uh, confirmed in, in, within the next couple of weeks. Dr. Thank Marmel. you. Thank you very much. And thank you, you audience. Uh, and, and we always can be uh, willing to explain to people in, in, a, in a very proper manner and a very good conduct why we can disagree, but we don't have to kill each other. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Good night, everyone. It's been a good great night, call. Everybody. We'll see you next week. Go, good night. God bless, God bless you, Dr. Marmol. God bless you all. God bless you too, sweetie. And, you got, and, and, and I hope next time we can talk and I explain to you. American Underground Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.